You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. WA. My name's Sean Kelly and this is the World Football Programme. I'll be with you for the next two hours. Um, happy 4th July to all the Americans out there. This is, the, of course, the anniversary of the day the, the American terrorists wrestled themselves away from <laughs> Britain. <laughs> no, or is it the day that Will Smith defeated the aliens? I keep on getting those that's, two That's the one up. I prefer. Yeah. Um, Join me in the studio is Pete Skeeler. Good morning, Pete. Morning. How are you going? Good, mate. Um, yeah, look, a, a big day all round, but yeah, for the Americans out there, um, it's a civic duty to stay indoors, apparently. Um, no such problems here. Beautiful day outside and a wonderful day for football. Um, whilst I'm here, thanks for uh, to Frank and Jerry for another wonderful Celtic ramblings. Um, but the the big news locally is the WNPL and the NPL kicked off last night. I, th- I think even before that, when we're talking 4th of July, we also have to say happy birthday to the glory coach. Tony Ooh, Popovich. Yes, Tony Popovich, yes. So even more important than American independence is That's Popovich's right. That's, that's the one I care about. So yeah, Happy absolutely. birthday, Tony. Yeah, enjoy the day, Tony. Um, and looking forward to getting back into action as well. So that'd be great. But last night, um, history was made in WA. The WMPL kicked off. Um, the ladies uh, played last night with Curtin University facing off against the NTC. So um, I imagine that you've always got your finger on the pulse, Pete, and yeah, I'm sure you've got the result up already. I, I actually don't yet, but um, <laughs> give, give me a couple of minutes and we'll, we'll I thought you might. find. Uh, look, lots of news this week. There's a, a couple of really good girls from um, Australia signed for English sides, Adam Mastrantio, who's gone to Berlin, uh, to 
Bristol. Bristol. And um, Steph Catley. Steph Catley has Off gone to, to Arsenal. Arsenal. So, sorry. you know, um, the rest of the world's discovering that the, the Australian girls are some of the best players in the world. And it's great to see that recognition coming up. And did you see the West Australian today? No, I haven't today. It's, oh, everything's no. been Eagles, Eagles, back, Eagles. Oh, no, it hasn't. Back, it. back page. Hannah Lowry. Yeah. Loud and proud on the back of the of the paper, and then the inside a two page spread on women's football in WA and and the players of the um, emerging and like Sam Kerr and you know it's just brilliant. Fantastic. Two, two pages. Are you sure that, it was the West Australian? I, I, I had a look twice. Okay, it definitely yeah. was the West Australian, yes. Um, look, brilliant news. Two-page spread. And the only reason we're getting this coverage is the Women's World Cup. Yes, yes. So, you know, some, some fantastic things coming on in the game. Um, some other things, I mean, yeah, good and not so good. I, I know of a, a local guy who's involved in um, elite sport in this state at you know, in football, and um, for one one reason or another, he's been thrust into coaching the under nines. And whilst he was losing his love for football, these these nine year olds have rekindled it because they're just out there playing, having fun, yeah. Teaching him, teaching them the skills, and watching them use them on a Sunday morning um, has just really sort of grounded this guy and told him what football really is about. Um, and then to counter that, I've, I've heard of an under eights coach in another club who has <laughs> two games into the season given the chop because his team's not winning enough games. <laughs> um, I, did, I thought the, the, the least important thing at under eights or nines was winning the game. I, I think, you know, the whole point is getting them out there and playing. Anyone who's playing with a smile on their face is winning. Um, the former, co- the first coach I spoke about, his kids are just learning to love the game, and that's all eights and nines and tens are about. Absolutely, and, and winning is is unimportant at that age. Skills, learning, love. I mean, I, 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 if I was a parent and I heard something about that, I'd, I'd be tempted to just take my kid out of the club if, if they were at the point where they're sacking a coach. Oh, I'd, I'd sign them up for Aussie Rules or something, <laughs> even you know. Um, well, let's not go crazy. No, well, look, I'd rather that than than that. I mean. Who, to have, you know, an elite section at eights or nines or tens is just crazy talk. Um, I think, you know, when they go to a full-sided game, yeah, by all means, stream them and make it happen. But in the early thing, it's just about learning to love the game. Um, in other news, Robbie Fowler's obviously lost the love. He walks out on Brisbane. He has. He has. I have actually seen, I think, uh, another A-League side or two has lost a coach as well, but I haven't actually been able to track who they were. I was actually thinking earlier I need to update my website with the, the coaching changes. As long as it's not like, Popper, happy birthday, no, no, Popper. Not, not Popper. <laughs> I'm going to say Adelaide from memory. I, I think yes, Adelaide lost their yes, coach. Yes, I think they did. Um, and, look, it's part of the COVID um, stuff that, you know, has been going around and a lot of people would have had problems coming out of the UK to Australia anyway. Yep. As a non-Australian citizen, probably had trouble getting in. Um, but when you look around the country now with what's going on in Melbourne, I think we've done it very well here. We're basically back to zero restrictions and football's yep. going well. Did you find the result? No, I didn't. I've, I've found the fixtures, but they haven't been updated. Oh, so well, maybe someone out there. Point that, the finger at someone else and no, say. No, yeah. no. Well, someone out there knows the result. I mean, Curtin would definitely be proud of their. The first game in the women's NPL being held at their ground, yep. um, and I'm sure somebody out there that's um, a big fan of women's football, Pen, um, would come up with the result for <laughs> us very quickly. So, um, look, great that it was there. I think another thing, football West get bagged out an awful lot, 
but they are live streaming all the games in the WNPL and all the games in the men's NPL. So um, good for them. And last night, the NPL kicked off with Bayswater versus um, Perth Italia. Yep. And, oh, sorry, Perth SC. <laughs> Old habits die <laughs> oh, we, we all know who you meant. Yeah, I know that. But <laughs> um, And Perth were 1-0 up at half time and a last-minute free kick. Um, in the dying seconds, or Bayswater get a, a well-earned draw. So, um, and that's one of the things we love about the game. Oh, look, you, you talk to football people who go, oh, yeah, got to have a result. No, you don't. Some of the best games I've seen have been um, games where it's drawn yeah. and it's tense and it's the last second, you know, free kick or what have you. It's just brilliant. And anyone who watched that Man United game where they, they were down – you know, gone for all money in the European Championship and they, yes. they won the final 3-2 or something with a couple of Oli Gunnar Solskjaer goals in the last seconds of the game. Yep. That's, that's why I think you're going back it. about 20 years. That was uh, 1999, wasn't it? The I Champions am. League final. Um, yeah, well, look, we are. Now, uh, we haven't mentioned who we've got on the show and that will tie into what we were just saying. Jake Shorter from TPO will be on. Um, always good to talk to Jake. We haven't spoken to him in a while and I think he's been in – in a bit of a recess over the, the last few months, but yep. things are starting to ramp up for them. Uh, we're going to follow up with Ben Kelly, who's, um, I think, joined Swan as one of the coaches there. So we'll talk to him about Swan and what's happened to them over COVID. Um, we'll follow up with Dave Cunningham. I haven't spoke with Dave since 2017, yep. but Dave is a, the one of the survivors of Hillsborough. Um, and when people talk about Liverpool, he's a massive Liverpool fan. Uh, when people talk about Liverpool winning the title 30 years ago, 30 years ago, he was laying on the lawn yeah. at Hillsborough um, fighting for his life. So, you know, mixed emotions there, but um, Dave's always a good chat and a, and a massive fan of Liverpool. So it'd be good to see what it means to someone like him. And then we're going to follow up with Greg Farrell, West Coast Futsal, who probably doing more celebrations than anyone else <laughs> because um, it's back. They can basically no restrictions on football. Yep. Super League is back, so we'll talk to to them. I know they're looking for players to get involved for a, a shortened season, so we'll see how that looks. And uh, of course, Dave's okay. Greg's also involved in um, women's football, so you know the the Women's World Cup with a large loom on his players and what it means to them. So that's that will be our show today. But you know, thirty years ago, Hillsborough is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I look at when I spoke to him there. I mean, fifteenth of April, nineteen eighty nine, massive day for for football in general, but for anyone that was involved in it, anyone who watched it live, yeah, um, horrendous, and it still just sends a chill over your body when you you see it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it's like for for young Dave. But on the other hand, um, it's a joyous occasion now because he can celebrate the win. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Look, it, years, means, but, you know, it means so much that city. The people in Liverpool um, live their football 24-7. It's just, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, me personally, I don't have a team in the EPL. I've got no, you know, family connections to England or anything. So from my perspective, I'll, I'll watch the EPL out of interest, out of, yeah. you know, seeing the best players, sort of dispassionately, shall we say. Yeah. Um, my personal perspective, I'm always happy to see someone new win. So. Hmm. You know, I was happy when Leicester won. I was happy when Man City won, and I'm happy when Liverpool wins. Yeah, as a West Ham fan, I'm happy when someone wins as well because they're <laughs> going to be us. But there you go, <laughs> fighting for survival. But um, but the team you do follow is in the Belarusian league. How is how's that go? Because we haven't oh. touched base on the Belarusian yeah, league for a no, while. It's, um, we we haven't followed it, and I actually logged on last night just to see how the mighty Slutsk are doing. But uh, we're we're down to twelfth out of sixteen, so they're they're on a bit of a um, 
Let's just call it a non-winning streak. Their form is lose, 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 draw. Too good for you. <laughs> well, energetic. Yeah, you guys haven't done too great either. You're down to sixth, so um, it's it's all B-A-T-E at the moment. They're, are they're are we above sluts? You are above sluts. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it, how's it go? What's, what's the league table look like? Uh, B-A-T-E's top, uh, Shakhtar's second, and Neumann Grodno is uh, third. So it's uh, – there's well, actually, there's um, four teams on 26 points, so – there's only four point, uh, yeah, four points uh, se- separating the f- top six teams. So, still anyone's league. Well, it's still anyone's league as long as you're not sluts. Yeah, I get yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're avoiding relegation, and we'll take that one. Yeah. All righty. Um, so we're going to go to a break very shortly. We'll be back with um, Jake Shorter from TPO, and uh, we'll have a bit of a geek off with him and Pete because both <laughs> of them love. Oh, you love your numbers. I do indeed. Yeah. You can torture numbers, they'll tell you anything. <laughs> there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's fantastic. All right, we'll be back after these. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Royal Tryon. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The OzWest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at auswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au. Please don't fence me in. Hi, I'm Louis Prospero, Chair of the Football Hall of Fame Western Australia. We are the first sporting Hall of Fame formed in Australia in 1996. The Hall of Fame recognises outstanding individuals in football in Western Australia. Join legends such as Sandra Brecknell, Julius Reed and Gareth Navin at our next Hall of Fame event to celebrate 25 years coming up in 2021. Find us on Facebook and on the web as the Football Hall of Fame, Western Australia keep up to date with events and regular stories from our team of journalists and committee members. The Football Hall of Fame, Western Australia, recognising the Western Australia football community. Hi, I'm Miranda Templeman. The world is a little different to what we saw right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online, keep in touch through FaceTime and watch classic matches on Share TV. One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are in the studio every Saturday from 10am to 12pm. We appreciate your support. Stay safe, Australia. We're all in this together. Young Miranda Templeman there with a very good message to all of us. Um, thank you to everybody in this state who has done their bit, played their part, unlike some security guards in Melbourne who've done the wrong <laughs> thing completely. Um, we have all done the right thing. We're reaping the benefits with our, our state coming back online. Another one that is coming back online as well is sunny Queensland, and it's from there that we speak to Jake Shorter this morning. Good morning, Jake. How are you? Morning. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thank you. Um, nice weather over there. 
beautiful over here today. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know that I can say this because I'm in Queensland, but I'm feeling it being a little bit cool, but uh, <laughs> compared to others, I've got nothing to complain about. Uh, absolutely. Now, I suppose it's been the last two, three months has been a shocking time for someone who's <laughs> – uh, whose hobby is stats and football. Um, how have you gone over the last three months and, and how has Queensland approached this and, and gone with it? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Obviously, um, with all of the football shutting down and, and I play myself in the local league here at one of the local leagues in Brisbane. So we've um, had a few months off. We kind of, same as everybody, got into the pre-season and got a round or two in in, in some cases and then it all obviously got put on hold. So... Um, feeling it like everybody, missing the football, uh, keen to get back. It sounds like we're only a couple of weeks behind um, you guys over in, in Western Australia there. Um, so looking forward to that. And in terms of how we've coped, I mean, I think, to, to be honest, most people have dealt with it fairly well, you know, common sense in terms of, you know, all of the the restrictions, the, the certain lockdowns. And as we've started getting back into training, um, you know, I guess Football Queensland and Football Brisbane have been, you know, fairly good I think uh, well they've done a, a good job of putting out different guidelines and making sure that everybody understands what's expected of them um, and personally in, in terms of the, the club that I'm playing at you know return to training and the way that they've dealt with that um, is, is hopefully an indication of what other clubs are doing and it's it's you know I guess leading us to a point where we're now very close to the season being able to kick off again. So what stage are you at as far as the COVID restrictions go? Look, I think, um, and <laughs> hopefully I can answer this. I'm not, I don't yeah. know all the detail, but uh, stage three is what we're um, kind of calling it. That's what we've just kind of ticked over to through the week a couple yeah. of days ago. Um, so what that means is we can go back to friendly games and, and some contact um, yeah. mm. in terms of the, the training, Brilliant. which is good because yeah. up until now it's all been you know no contact training, which is easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah, look, it, it's always difficult. We've we've managed to get through it, and I think you know um, our premier's done a fantastic job. As much as Eddie Irrelevant thinks he hasn't, um, you know, he's done a, a terrific job. And um, I think Queensland, as you said, not far behind. Uh, we've kept our hard border, so have you, and I think that's been one of the keys. Going back to the football um, over the the season, did you resist the or the closed season? Did you resist the temptation to go through and quality control your numbers and <laughs> update stats or make um, wonderful graphs that were three D and dynamic or anything like that? Uh, look, I, yeah, we took the opportunity to have a little bit of a, a, a break, I guess, for the most part, at least, um, you know, what we were putting out publicly. We And when I say we, it's my brother Cody and I yeah. who are behind um, the rankings. So we, we've done a little bit of um, kind of manipulating or, or, I guess, assessing, going back, checking things. Because um, obviously when you're dealing with, you know, 400 plus clubs and a lot of results across the, the country, um, you know, there's... I guess, room for error to sometimes creep in. So we went back and did a lot of checking and making sure that everything that's in there uh, is reflective of what's actually happened. And obviously this year, um, with some states having games being played and then uh, getting, I guess, removed or, or scrapped, uh, that's kind of another little thing that we've had to deal with and have a think about how we actually uh, deal with that from a rankings point of view. Yeah, because in WA we had our NPL kickoff played one game and now that that result doesn't stand it's a it's an entirely new league now from this point on so i suppose the uh that one game is is scrubbed completely from the records or does it i suppose or, that's you or do you count it as a friendly or how how does that work how, what have you done with that one one game yeah so for the purpose of the rankings um the algorithm that sits behind it is based purely on results so 
um, obviously things like FFA Cup games or qualification games and then the season finals, all of those things factor in. Friendlies, we generally don't, and that includes um, pre-season tournaments. Um, I guess friendly probably isn't the right word for some of those, like your <laughs> you know your night series over there. Yeah. But we 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 try to remove that because each state does it differently, um, and obviously there's things like you know different people trialling at clubs and at, um, at least in Queensland, you know the the teams that line up in some of those tournaments are often very different from when we get to the the proper league. So we leave those things out. So what we've done with the one game that has been played but now since been scrapped is where we're going to remove that. Um, despite it being a, a league, you know, a competitive league game at the time, um, just to be consistent with the other states. Now, I know that there are some states that aren't scrapping games because uh, they got a little bit further in and we're still kind of waiting to see, um, you know, when some of these other leagues like Victoria is going to kick off. Um, they're, they're all kind of indicating in different dates in July, but we'll see what actually happens. Um, and, and to be a bit more specific about Queensland, I know that the league I play in, which is um, kind of the third tier, I guess, in in third or fourth tier in, in Queensland or in Brisbane. Um, so it's obviously a little bit less competitive than the MPL level. But we got one game in and we're, it's being treated the same as your MPL as well. It's been scrapped. Um, whereas the MPL in Queensland actually got five or six games in. So those games, as far as I'm aware, uh, won't be scrapped. They'll actually stay or they'll stand. So, um, yeah, treated a little bit differently in each state, but we're going to try and stick to the official results um, for the purpose of the rankings. And what are the impacts on, on COVID been in Queensland? There's clubs here that have lost coaches, um, volunteers, um, committee people and players um, who, for one reason or another, have, have just not played this year or not going to involve themselves this year. Have you had a similar experience over there? Yeah, look, I guess from from what I'm seeing, there's a little bit of that, but it doesn't seem to be too big an issue, um, and not to say that it's not there, but that's just not what I've seen. No. Um, obviously, things like sponsorships come into it. And, yes. Mm. You know, with, with reduced seasons and, and those sort of things, and even limits on who can go and watch games, which, again, we've, you know, that's changing now, but... Um, it hasn't seemed to be too much of an issue. Um, I have heard, you know, the biggest, uh, not, I don't want to say an issue, but the biggest kind of talking points have been things like whether there'll be promotion and relegation and whether there'll be finals and all those sorts of things, which have since been um, announced uh, or resolved, I guess, to a point where most people are happy. But those were the bigger, I guess, issues that had to be dealt with. Yeah, I suppose from a, a stats point of view though this season is always going to have an asterisk yeah. asterisk next to it um in wa for example all leagues are playing it's a reduced league so i think there's one round played and then there's going to be a top five and a bottom five um to to then just you know keep people active for the 16 weeks that we're going to run but there's no promotion no relegation um and as much as people may see that as a friendly league it's it's not um people still want to win leagues even if they're not going to get promoted so it's it's um it's it's forever changed our environment <laughs> Yeah, I think so. And look, it, in Queensland, it looks like we're having exactly the same sort of setup as, as you mentioned, the 11 rounds and then a top six, bottom six. Um, I know that there is going to be promotion at least um, and at this stage, no relegation. So one team up instead of the normal two up, two down sort of thing. So it's it was a way of... Um, I think there was a lot of people wanting promotion, so they put it to a vote and that's kind of where it's landed. Um, but what it'll mean from a rankings point of view, because we rely a lot on 
both promotion and relegation, but also you know things like the FFA Cup qualifications where you have teams from different leagues playing each other and then ultimately playing against different states. Those sort of games really help calibrate the rankings around the country because yeah. um, it's obviously it's easy to compare teams within a league when they're playing each other, but when you want to compare to you know your MPL to say Division One to you know Queensland's MPL, yeah. um, we really do rely on those other games. So without those, the the rankings may. Look, I, I don't know, in terms of an asterisk, what it'll mean is it'll just take a little bit longer when we get into 2021 to really calibrate. Um, mm. So we'll, it, it'll be a little bit of catch-up. Um, but I think the beauty of the algorithm that sits underneath all of the rankings is that it, it does favour the or weight, puts more weighting to the more recent games. So once we get back into things like the FFA Cup, um, you know, we'll see that the rankings update quite quickly. Yeah, that was a, a shame, I think, with the fixtures going the way they were. We hadn't even done our preliminary round for the, the State Cup and FFA mm-hmm. Cup. So I think the, the FFA Cup is, is done this season. There will be no winner, um, which is, I think, sad because we're, yeah. we're trying to build that tradition and we were doing quite a good job of it. But uh, from your perspective, yeah, you're right. It, it's the only way you can – it's the litmus test for how states compare yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, it is disappointing, as you say, um, both from a, a rankings point of view, but obviously I'm a big fan of the FFA Cup as well. And it's, you know, for a lot of people, it's one of the competitions they look forward to the most. So um understand completely why it's gone that way. But, uh, you know, it is disappointing and we'll just have to pick it up again next year. So have you got any plans um, to update your data sets? You've, I think we've got the WMPL now, so the women's MPL is kicking off, uh, or did kick off last night, the very first game for that. Um, so is that another league that you, you need to add into your data set? Yeah, look, the women's one's a tricky one just because, uh, you know, same conversation we just had around the FFA Cup. What we really need is games between um, you know, teams and clubs that don't usually play each other to help calibrate it. So. Yeah. From that point of view, that's really what we're we're kind of waiting on, and I think that'll come sooner um, or later. Um, obviously, logistics and some other things involved there, but for okay. now, what it'll mean is not so much the women's expansion because that would be, a, I guess, a different you know side by side sort of rankings. Um, it's more about trying to get more and more of the the more community level clubs. Uh, into the rankings who aren't already in there. Yeah, yeah I, I did see an article yesterday saying that there is a women's FFA Cup on the horizon. So uh, there you on go. the women's yep. game. So hope, hopefully Beautiful. we will get a proper women's cup happening as well. Absolutely. Well, I think with the, the women's World Cup coming to Australia, um, that's something that's, that's a gimme. I think we, if we're not got a national game at NPL level, then yep. you know, yep. um, yeah, it just makes it a sad thing. How's, how's the news of the women's World Cup been taken in Queensland? Probably much like it has everywhere. I think it's you know hugely positive. Um, I think maybe a little bit underestimated from a media point of view, which is you know a story that we hear from football all the time. But I think it's uh, super exciting, and I think people are going to get behind it. Um, looking forward to seeing more details around you know obviously venues and all of that when we get a bit closer and what it might mean from a, an infrastructure point of view. Yeah. Um, but for now, you know, it's, it's just a you know, really great opportunity. And I suppose uh, from a media perspective, I, I worry for where we are now because Fox Party Company with Simon Hill, SBS Party Company with Craig Foster, which kind of leaves me excited because I'm hoping they're going to do something together. But uh, it leaves um, uh, a dearth of talent across the, the country. I mean, the, the only person I can think of that's got a real good media profile is your brother through your podcast. So... Um, <laughs> He's a bit of a star, and he's a bit of a star in his own right. <laughs> yes, yep, <laughs> definitely. 
Yeah, so are you planning any more podcasts? I mean, there's, it's been a it's been a while since you've had anything up on the on the net, so be good to see something. Maybe maybe you know with the the live league in WA, there's there's an opportunity there for a, a feature. Yeah, look, I think we always said that we'd start the podcast up again once there was some you know enough football to cover. Um, yeah. mm. Obviously, when the uh, MPLs and and leagues below them weren't playing it's really all about the A-League and, and there's enough people kind of covering that now our love of the game really comes from the, the grassroots sort of level anyway so once everything's back up and running we'll definitely be looking to see what we can do from a you know, podcast and, and even across our social media you know we, we love sharing some of the stats and the different tables and rankings updates and that has obviously dried up a little bit during the last couple of months but uh, you know when it sounds like uh, South Australia also starting this weekend, uh, yep, WA yep. up and running, and, and over the next two or three weeks, I think most other states will start playing league official league games again. So once they're all up and running, um, or most of them, there'll be plenty of content for us to get out there. It's actually a shame for um, for Melbourne because the, the football um, in Melbourne has actually done really well. Um, Peter Philopoulos has done a fantastic yeah. job over there um, with all the stuff he's been doing and then for the state to kind of crumble around him is not fair and it's not fair on the code. But, um, you know, I'm sure that the Melbournians will come through this in um, in pretty quick time. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. it sounds like there's going to be different issues as well around, um, you know, Bentley Greens, it sounds like, aren't wanting to play this year and there's, there's different, you know, smaller things. It's a weird... It's a very different year than most, um, but, you know, we, it is what it is. As I say, we, we kind of have to deal with it, and hopefully we're back on the park sooner rather than later down there as well. Yeah, mm. true. Jake, with the algorithm you use, if, so, so like Western Australia starts up, Queensland starts up, and South Australia starts up, but uh, New South Wales and uh, Victoria delay, um, does that mean that you're going to see the, the teams that are playing jump up the table? Or does the algorithm sort of take into account like your most recent match and if, if you know, one of the leagues or two of the leagues delay starting up, you're not going to sort of see an effect there? Yeah, the the short answer is that your a, a club's points, um, which is how the the rankings are determined, the higher the points, the higher on the rankings. Yeah. Um, a club's points don't change um, until they play a new game is the short okay. answer okay. of how the algorithm works at the moment. Um, it's a good question, though, because it's not one that we've obviously had to deal with before and, and maybe we will at some point. Um, so for now, it'll be that the clubs playing will start moving around and those that aren't won't. Yep. Um, if it's a longer delay... Um, you know, this obviously isn't happening, so I don't want to start rooms or anything like that. But you know, if a certain state was to not play for the entire year, maybe that's a question we have to start talking about. You know, is there a deterioration of the points or something? Um, but for yeah. now, it's just as simple as when they play, that's when they'll start moving again. Okay. Yeah, it starts to mess up your data sets if, <laughs> if a whole state doesn't play. Um, on a on a personal level, how have you coped throughout the COVID? You, um, you know, lots of people around the, the country have lost jobs. Other people have had to, to keep going through. Um, how have you been through through that time? Yeah, look, I, I can't complain at all compared to what I know um, others have had to go through. Uh, my wife and I actually run a business um, that Cody actually works with us as well. So we obviously saw a bit of a you know a couple of months there where it was quite tough, um, but I think. Overall, the, the government incentives and the things that were out there to help small businesses definitely um, helped us get through it and, and all of our employees are, are all well. Um, and, yeah, I, look, I think everybody's impacted to some degree, which we were, but it, it's starting to kind of feel a little bit more normal and, and certainly we're positive about the, the next few months and looking forward. 
And I suppose that that's a bit of a, a thing about the resilience of the human psyche because um, mm. when when I go through it, you know, we we got the um, ticket to to go back to normal what on the fourth of June or something, yeah. uh, or to stage three, and within three or four weeks, we're we're back to almost full normal um, capacity for as far as clubs go. I mean, we. We had a, a stage there where you could only have a, a crowd of a hundred, which for most state league clubs was not um, not a problem. Yeah, um, and sadly, but yeah, but and now well, now there are very few restrictions. We we went through where we had to have uh, the hundred 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 rule, so you could only have a hundred people in any one spot. So we had you know hundred in the stand, hundred in the club, and a hundred on the grass, not a problem. Um, but you know the we're now back to almost full, and it's it really is. Amazing. When you go through a timeline, and we, we did this with our club recently, we went through a timeline from when we were absolutely zero football to just training and then back to what is now full normal business. Um, it was only a matter of three or four weeks, and it's just the pace that it's moved at, you know, yeah. registering players, a lot of players, because we, our state league um, was a week off starting playing when the, when the shutdown came in on the 24th of March. And then from that, we were, until June, completely dead in the water, just hibernating. Yeah. And then from there, it, as far as the committee go, and, you know, anyone who's involved in the football club knows that the committee just sit at home doing nothing other than drinking coffee. <laughs> um, but the the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I know players just want to play and they want to go out and train, but the behind-the-scenes stuff, the registering players and, and talking to sponsors and all that has been absolutely mental. It sounds like um, some of the other things as well, like I, I'm not involved in a club or committee from that point of view, so but it, it doesn't surprise me what you're saying. But from a, you know, I'm a player, so when we got sat down and kind of went through the COVID restrictions and what was going to be expected of us um, and speaking to some of the, the people who are helping kind of coordinate it all, some of the things that they've had to do, um, I don't want to say that they're restrictive like in a, in a bad sense, but obviously the amount of extra time and administration around, you know, recording who's who's at training mm. and, mm. you know, things like having your hand sanitizers before and after and all those sort of things that they have to report back to the likes of Football Brisbane and Queensland. Yeah. Um, you know, you just got to take your hats off to a lot of those people. There was a lot of stuff in the background around the COVID restrictions and then there, there was some complications coming in because when you had friendlies, all the players had to put their names on a sheet um, with a, a contact number and some clubs just going, you're not getting my, my star strikers number, you know. Um, and, and those things happen, you know. I, I went to a quiz night recently. It, it, it was a, a, in a local pub and it was great because some of the people that were there, Lionel Messi, Bobby Moore, you know, <laughs> uh, you know uh, sorry, Suarez was there as well, you know. I don't think some of these people were taking <laughs> things seriously, to be honest. But yeah, star study uh, quiz night that was. I, I looked around; I couldn't see them in the you room. But them, yeah. No, but they were there. <laughs> that's what I'm telling. That's what I'm telling the grandchildren. So anyway, you've, you've got their mobile numbers too. We can get them in for an interview as well. Yeah, I rang and yeah, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> especially Bobby Moore. He's been dead for a while. <laughs> but you know, look, I, I suppose look, we're coming from a place where we're slightly ahead of the curve. Um, you know, for you. They're the challenge that are coming up for the for the committees and the the people coming back is the speed it all moves at. And I think you've got one lesson that we've learned from this is is not to wait until the it, you're told it's happening. Plan for it to happen before it does, because you know 
Um, one of the things we did get behind on was registering some of our players um, because we just didn't know the juniors and the amateurs came on so quick that, you know, basically the, the registrar was up all night registering kids who'd all been holding off because they didn't know what was happening. Um, and then when the, we got the tick to start, it was just mad, just get it done. I think that's a good point because even a simple thing like, well, not a simple thing, but, you know, moving from your stage two to your stage three um, restrictions in Queensland, that came forward by a week. Um, yeah. With mm. you know, there, was, there was, a, I guess, a few people thinking that that was going to happen, but until it was announced, you know, it just happens very suddenly and then all of a sudden we're allowed to do things like friendlies and everything that comes with that, and like, say, registration. So um, yeah. it's definitely going to be an, an interesting next couple of weeks and months as, yeah, more well, of those things kind it's of dis- those, restrictions disappear. It's all those little things you don't think of, though. We've got guys training with our first team in 18s and reserves, and one of those needs an ITC. Now, he's been training with us from the 4th of June, but no one thought at that point to go, oh, he needs an ITC, and it's coming from South Africa, which is almost impossible to get. So we're basically for 28 days before we can get him. And we're told on Wednesday night we need to register this guy. We've gone, he needs an ITC, and he can't play now for another month because that's how long it would take if we don't get an answer back for the rules to run. So if we'd have known that back in June, we could have gone, oh, yeah, no worries, get it done. He'd have been playing today. So I'll ask the, the obvious yeah. question, what's an ITC? Uh, it's an international transfer clearance. So any okay. player that comes in from overseas, um, and WA does have a large migrant population, yep. you come in from the UK um, and you played in football over in the UK last year, we need to get an inter- international transfer clearance to make sure you don't have any suspensions or you've not been suspended for life or anything like that. Okay. And with the, the FFA, it's great. We've got an insomniac in the club who rings England at midnight and says <laughs> – um, just need a clearance and, and within eight hours we get it. Yeah. But try and get anyone from Africa or Algeria and some of the other places, like Turkmenistan we had to try once. Yeah, yeah it's it's not easy. And, yeah, getting the clearance. And if you play a player who's not cleared, um, massive repercussions for you and your club and the player. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's tricky. And these are the little things that, you know, you have to kind of relearn when, when the club starts to fire back up. So mm. um, I imagine it be the same over there, Jake. What's that? Sorry, I missed that one. International clearances and things like that, you'd be under FFA rules. So, you know, I'm just saying that if you've got a player who needs an ITC, do it early. So if you've got yeah, anyone yep. over there, get onto it now. Because if you don't, it's, he's you, know, you wait for the week before the season starts. He's not playing. Simple as that. Yep. So there's all those little things that you had to relearn and you've got a, a committee that's kind of been not asleep but just hibernating and looking after the business who's then suddenly got to fire up and it, it really happens so quickly that you, you don't realise just how much has to be done until you're doing it. Yep, very good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Jake, um, now that things are fired up, we'll see some some changes in the TPO standings. Hopefully we'll, we'll see your, your brother on a couple of podcasts along the <laughs> way and yourself in the background. Um, it's Look, I really appreciate the support that you have for the game. Um, you know, one of the things I say is there's, there's so many different ways to enjoy the game. Um, you know, we've got uh, Sabutio players. We've got power wheelchair players. Yep. Um, we've got um, equi- equal footing ball. We've Anyone who's anyone can play this game at any level. And then you look at the other stuff, which is the the e-sports and also the, the stats. There's something in this game for everybody, and I really appreciate what you and your brother do. No, I appreciate that as well. And, and even um, one that you missed there, walking football, which is uh, yes. a new one that's been kind of bandied about around around Queensland. So, yep. um, but yeah, no, look, I, I think you're right. It's, you know, 
what we've been able to do, which is great for, for myself and Cody, is that I have such a love of, you know, I'm a bit of an Excel nerd and stats, and I just love diving into that stuff. So for us to be able to kind of enjoy football from that angle as well, um, combine the two sort of things, and it, it's a little bit unique, I guess, and, you know, we have fun with it. And, and even more than that, what it does for us is it means that we learn and we see a lot more about football around the country that we otherwise wouldn't. You know, it's easy to kind of look at our own competition and, and maybe the A-League, and that's as far as it goes. But for us, we're, we're getting, especially with the FFA Cup, you know, we get to learn a lot more about these clubs that you might have heard about but not really known anything. Um, so for us, that's one of the big benefits and, and we really love it and we'll keep going. Absolutely. Look, and then the the output that you have is the things that we enjoy when we go through and see how our clubs are actually stacking up against those from the East because um, we don't do too badly for a small state. And maybe, and maybe a, so, yeah. a separate country soon. <laughs> 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 All right, Jake, thank you very much for your time. Uh, well, promise I won't leave it so long next time. No, I appreciate it. Thanks very much and uh, all the best. Thanks, mate. See you. Thanks. Jake Shorter at TPO. So if you want to follow Jake and Cody, just get onto the Facebook page and, and follow them through. It's um, TPO Australia. Yeah, we've got a, got a link for it on our Facebook Yeah, there is well, obviously so. a link for it on our Facebook as Pete's our, our little stats genius <laughs> as well. Um, it's, so it's, it's funny great. when you asked him about, you know, if he's if he's been busy with it, you know, while, while yeah. everything's been down. I had exactly the same plans for the A-League stats side. Yeah. I was like, I can revamp it. I got time to work on it, and yeah, it's, now we're coming back, and the A League's restarting next week, and I'm still like, oh yeah, I never actually got round to doing it. Well, I, yeah, look, I thought from from a data perspective, you would just go through and and clean up your data sets, and there might be things that you just got a little bit skew if, and just tidy them up. Um, I don't think you'd go to the full 3D. Um, well, that's the bit everyone wants to see. So. Yeah, I know, but there were some really pretty graphs that came out um, over the. The last couple of years, from uh, his name escapes me at the moment, but he's the A League stats man. Uh, oh, uh, literally, Andrew Howe. Andrew Howe. Andrew Howe does some wonderful yes. things with yeah. with graphs. He he actually turns statistics and graphs into an art form. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, you just you just look at it for the art of the the, the, <laughs> the graphic, and that's that's just a whole new level of that's a super nerd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's just awesome. Um, now, I've, I've got a bad feeling about this, but there is something we have been following also, and um, uh, my club, Schalke, um, <laughs> the mighty Schalke uh, uh, in the German Bundesliga, which we believe has finished. It has finished. I actually didn't realise it had finished that. So they've got relegation playoffs coming up. Yeah. But the league itself, everyone's Please played Please tell there. me we have avoided those. Uh, Schalke, yes, you did. Oh, you actually wow. finished uh, 12th yeah. on the table. So yeah. three spots behind Frankfurt, who finished ninth. And you know, yeah, he also lost two one to <laughs> Frankfurt back in June as well. So, um, so uh, what's the name? Bayern Munich ran away with that. There's a there's a shock of a result for everyone. Wow. Um, so thirteen points clear at the top of the table. Borussia Dortmund second, and Red Bull Leipzig uh, third. And I did see an interesting video on Leipzig because they're obviously an Eastern European team. So yeah, generally the successful teams in Europe uh, in in Germany are still the Western teams, but. Leipzig with obviously the RB, there's, there's no prizes for guessing who their sponsors are there, <laughs> um, doing well and, and maybe bringing a bit of pride back to the to the Eastern European uh, uh, section. And then uh, down the bottom of the table, Werder Bremen are in the playoff for avoiding relegation and Fortuna Dusseldorf and Paderborn are out. And I'm not sure who's coming up in their place just yet. Sorry, who did you say was in the relegation spot? Uh, Werder Bremen as in a playoff. Good grief. Uh, and I remember they came out here. Really? When was that? 
years ago. Um, <laughs> no, no, I think my my eldest would. Yeah, so yeah, too long ago. Remember? Oh, uh, in fact, a uh, so the, re- the relegation playoff. The, it's a two-legged playoff. Uh, the first one finished nil all. They're playing off against uh, FC Heidenheim. 1846. Yeah. I don't know what the 1846 is because I'm sure they weren't uh, an association football club back then, but maybe that's when the town was formed. Uh, and the second leg is on Tuesday the 7th. So uh, first leg no, finished nil a lot all. of those European clubs are from around that time, so wouldn't be Well, surprised. I'm pretty sure it's before the rules of football were codified. So No, no, before the, um, yeah, the British rules of football were. Yeah. yeah, but that's a lot of those clubs were in existence prior to the um, – Football Association being fired up in their respective countries. So, yeah, it's quite possible. I'll look it up. I'll see what I can. I'll get back to you on yeah, that. Yeah, the challenge for the nerd. <laughs> no, look, I think it's it's great that their season's finished. We've got the A-League starting up very soon in a hub. Um, saw a very interesting podcast with Tony Pinata in it talking about the, the hub and yep. how they're looking forward to it. Also, some interesting news. Um the Glory will be sending out a SMS to all their members yes. with some options around what you do with your memberships. Um, so there, there are refunds available for those who want. Then other people can have, I think, a discount off next year's. Yep. Or you can just say, look, not interested. I, I committed, I committed to you for this year. Keep the money, um, and we'll we'll just get our next one. Yeah. But the the other one was the um, the uh, championship. Champions League, uh, Champions League um, memberships. Yep. Depending, because they don't know what's happening with that yet. Yeah. But if there are no home games for the glory within that, then he said they, everyone who's got one of those will get refunded. So okay. But they don't know what they're doing because they don't know what's happening in the the Asian Champions League. Uh, last I heard was there was they were trying to get a, a hub happening. Yeah. Um, possibly in Malaysia. I don't know why Malaysia, but possibly in Malaysia for the. I reckon West well, Australia they, should be a hub for it. Yeah, but getting in is going to be the problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so keep saying it. Mark McGowan's done such a wonderful yes. job in keeping this state safe. Um, and as a result, you know, on a magnificent day like today, we are actually going out there and playing football, which puts us ahead of anybody else. So I think that's brilliant. Okay, and Heidenheim was originally formed in 1846. So there yeah, you go. Told you. Although the current club was formed in 2007, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, look, that happens. A lot of those European clubs were were around in those in those times, and uh, you know it's great to see them. Another sad bit of news I saw from Europe was Wigan, um, Wigan. Wigan, who were That's in the Premiership yeah. Premiership not so long ago, won the FA FF, sorry the FA Cup. Yep. And now in administration. Yeah. Um, and and what, what what effect does that actually have? So, so they can actually get kicked out of the league entirely. Is that correct? Well, initially they they'll lose twelve points, yep. so they'll start the season with a twelve point deficit. If they're if they're not able to change their position, if they're not able to rest their position, then yes, they will. They'll they'll go out of the um of the uh, the season. So that'll be it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just had a message from my lad there. He reckons it was ninety two or ninety three for Word of Bremen. Um, he'd broken his leg at that stage and and got a signed ball by Winton Roofer. Oh yes, yeah, and the rest of the the Word of Bremen squad. So yeah, he remembers it. That was and that game was at the Wacker. Um, I do remember being there. Nah. but uh, yeah, he went out at half time and, and was given a, an award. What well, not award, but just yeah, Hob- hobbled out. No, I wheeled him out in a wheelchair. Oh, he was, okay. Yeah, he was pretty. He dislocated his knee and broke his leg. Oh. Yeah, above the knee. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty messed up injury, yeah, to be honest. It sounds like one. Yeah, yeah, that no, was horrible. Um, 
yeah, so that's that. We're we're moving forward. We've got a great day for football. We had the the women kick off last night, and today we've got the um, state league kicking off. And we'll be back after this break with one of the coaches who'll be involved in one of those games in Ben Kelly. Yep. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. So grab five mates and come down for a game today. Hi, and welcome to the World Football Programme. The team are on the air for 2019 from February through to the end of November at their usual Saturday time of 10 till 12. Become a member of our Facebook group, join in the football chat, share your news and win prizes throughout the year. Thanks for tuning in to the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle. a bit of an echo to it. It sounds like he recorded that in the smallest room in the house. I must ask him about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's, it's been a long time in the waiting. Uh, today is the first day for the MPL and the State League sides to kick off. Um, they were ready and primed prior to this. Um, and one of the games that's going on today will be down at uh, the Francis Street Reserve where Swan will play their first game in their return back to Division 1 yep. against Western Knights who are highly fancied in this league. Um, and joining us is one of the coaches from Swan in Ben Kelly. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Good, Sean. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, now, I think at the start of the season, you had Eric Williams um, as the coach. I know when I was at the presentation last night, he was announced as your your coach for this season. Um, what's happened there? Uh, obviously, about four, four weeks ago, Eric decided to retire. Yep. So, um, he, look, he, I think he was going to give this year a good crack and then probably uh, fall out of the role towards the end of the year anyway. So, obviously, with COVID hitting in and 
low numbers, etc. He yeah pulled the pin a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, fair enough. Look, COVID has affected a number of clubs in a number of ways. Have you had any other things happen? You know, um, Swan have always got a good bunch of sponsors, so I don't think anything too drastic would have happened there. But committee members, um, you know, like um, a lot of clubs, we've got um, people who've got uh, lowered immunities who normally are volunteers. Um, how's How's the COVID affected Swan? I think, I mean, off the field, I mean, obviously put a lot of strain on our committee and all our volunteers. Um, our spa lawyer sponsors stuck around with us through the whole lot, which has been great for the club. And um, they're guys that have been sponsoring the club for almost 30 years. So, um, you know, the, the COVID virus didn't deter them away at all. No, it's good to hear. Which is good for us. Obviously, the, the numbers side across all three playing squads uh, was a little, a little bit lower. Well, obviously, we had... Well, we had about 14, 15 down to the under-18s, and after COVID, we had seven or eight. Oh, and and how are you going with those? Because that's always a, a big thing. It's, it's hard enough to get 18s at that level, um, and I know because we've struggled a couple of years to, to get them at Ashfield and, and barely got through. Um, so what strategies have you employed? Well, we've, <laughs> we yelled down at Francis Street this morning. We've got the, the bare 11 today. So the boys, well, we're still we're still struggling. We're still we're still you know we're still putting adverts out there. We're hitting the local schools up. Um, it just seems like the more we get in, the more we lose. Yeah. At this time, with with study and things like that, kids are are putting football on the uh, the back burner this year. Yeah, but the other thing is, I suppose this is uh, you know I don't know how other clubs have viewed it, but this year when there's no promotion, no relegation, and particularly in the under 18s where really it's only the first team promotion relegation that's going to affect you, is the 18s is a development league, so there's opportunities to play younger kids in there. Um, I know a year, a couple of years ago they were talking about putting 19 year olds in the 18s, which I thought was detrimental. I'd, I'd much rather see a younger kid stepping up and and getting bloodied at that age. Was What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, look, I agree. Uh, obviously, with the numbers this year, the, the over 18 rules with the 19-year-old players has helped us. Uh, we'll have a, a full allocation of 19-year-olds today. Yeah. Um, and on the other side, we've got three 15-year-olds making their debut for the 18s today. So, and look, and those kids will they'll look at those 19-year-olds as role models during the game as well. So, I think it's a bit of a, you know, a balancing act there. But, I mean, when you look at it, country towns, I know you, you grew up in Albany, so you, you played your football down there. Um, you know, was there an 18s or, or how did you progress through your your journey? Well, I started uh, I was playing in the Premier Division uh, in Albany when I was 14. So, and, I, and I think it did help my development, for mm. sure. It helped, me, uh, it helped me with the physicality of the game and... Actually, it made me a lot quicker. Actually, because I don't want to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, look, and I think sometimes we we you look at the under twenty threes and that. I know it's a it's a good development stream, but sometimes it's, it holds kids back. And I think if you're you're good enough, you're old enough, and yeah. that's always been my my personal mantra. Mantra is that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a fourteen or fifteen year old, if they're able to hold themselves in that in that area, then fine. It's a good learning curve for them. And I suppose, look, Albany Premier League is not the same as playing MPL. So, you know, be a very rare 14-year-old to be able to step in at MPL level. But I think, you know, by 16, 17, you should be able to, to mix it at that level if you're good enough. 
Yeah, I think so as well. I think if you're 16, 17, you should be pushing for the reserves and, and those first team positions. That's where you get your drive from. So, so yeah, um, yeah. just going back to, to Swan and the coaching arrangements this year. So, you're are you the head coach or is Paul Dundo still there? Paul, Paul's there as well. We like to call it a partnership. Yep. So, um, obviously, we've got a lot of time restraints. We've got young families and work. So, um, you know, we, we help each other out. And, if, you know, obviously, if one of us can't make it, the other one will take take care of, of training and things like that. So, yeah, we've got a pretty equal balance there with uh, Paul and myself. Yeah, um, no, and some, more. Yep. and some consistency because Paul was there last year as well. Yeah, Paul was there last year. Um, oh, it's my first time back at the club for four years in coaching. Yeah, last time uh, you were there, you were years. coaching with John O'Reilly, and I think yeah, you did very well. You won the league. Yeah, won the uh, finished runners up in the league and won the night series. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was in 2010, and then obviously I helped out with the under 18s. They had an issue with the under 18s about four or five years ago, which I came back and helped them out with. So, so you've been in and around the club for a while. Um, the Dundo yeah. family is obviously very much involved with um, the club. You've got uh, Paul there. You, you've got Paul's brother who's on the committee. And, of course, you've still got the, the living legend, Lenny Dundo. Yeah, Lenny was down there this morning uh, making sure the pitch was uh, in, in immaculate condition. And, and obviously, with uh, no games or training on it, it's looking pretty good down at Francis Street this morning. Nice. And that's all down to Lenny's hard work. Yeah, no, Lenny's out there with the scissors most days, making sure that the grass is right. And, you know, it's, and this is what I mean about the, the volunteers. You know, obviously he's in a, a high risk age group. So, you know, um, contact with people in the club up to now has been a problem. So, you know, it's just keeping contact with those people. Um, but, you know, he's, he's great to have around the club. And, and Paul's brother is, um, I can't remember what role he had now. Anthony, yeah. Anthony Dundo. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the president of the club, so he's been the pre, he's been president for the last three years. He um, he took over from uh, Sonia Tuxworth, who took over from Cos Coniglio. Okay, yeah, and, and Cos is still around, I know, because he's still got yeah, your trailer. Cos, yeah, yeah, it's his trailer now. I think <laughs> <laughs> he's had it for about four years. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, look, but otherwise, uh, yeah, with uh, with obviously with the COVID and our first team reserves, and we got pretty good numbers for for both squads, and we've had a few guys had about four or five. You know, I've had prior like studying and lot sort of stuff ahead of football this year as well, but we've adapted. We've signed a few more players in the last few weeks, got a few old heads back as well, and, you know, I think uh, we'll, we'll put out a competitive squad uh, hopefully today, so... Yeah, because last year you did you did well. You got promoted through the playoff system. Um, which heroics had, in the uh, playoffs. Absolute heroics yeah. in the playoffs, yes, definitely. And, yep. um, you know, you were there the year before, so you'd obviously learned a lot from it. Yes, it was a wet night down in Mandra, I think. Yeah. Well, I seem to remember you doing a live podcast from Mandra one year there. Um, yes, it was. Well, we, we retained about three players from last year's squad. Oh. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's a big, it's a, it's a few numbers we've uh, obviously lost. Some obviously players have lost interest in the game. A few gone to other clubs. Uh, but we've we've recruited well. So has the has the change in the season uh, from a, a competitive uh, state league? season to a basically a um you know like a, an amateur league approach made any difference you had players have just gone you know if i'm going to play for fun i'm going to go play with my mates yeah we have um we've lost uh brennan Bezeki to our, our socials team actually okay so you haven't lost <laughs> so, him he's just transferred to a team where he's going to play for fun yeah he is he's got his, all his best mates play down there and uh he made the decision a few weeks ago and he just really wants to uh you know play with his mates this year so yeah 
and and when when you've retained some, hopefully you've you've retained the services of Johnny Monterosso, who's been a um, a pain to the to defenders across the season for the last ten years or so. Yeah, yeah, Johnny, uh, yeah, he's still with us. So, uh, and the same with uh, Chris Marshall as well at the back. So they've been down at the club for you know, since 2010, I think. So, from your perspective for this season, with with the, the lack of promotion relegation, has that changed your strategy and, and approach to the season? Are you using this as well, a gone? Yeah, def- definitely. Uh, obviously, a team coming up from Division Two. You know, everyone's got the, the opinion that you're going to drop down straight away, and this year we haven't got that. I mean, for, as a coach, it's probably it's a, it's a blessing in disguise because you know we've got an eight month preseason under our belt now. Yeah, it's been an extraordinary long preseason. I suppose with this, this is also in some ways another preseason. I just think it's a great opportunity to to have that kid that's been playing in the reserves who needed a break and go. You know what? This is your break. Have at it uh, with little or no consequence. Yeah, definitely. Well, the squad last year, I think, it was uh, well, the average age might have been about twenty seven, twenty eight. I think we're back down to about twenty two, twenty three now, which is which is really good. Now, coming to today's game, um, you're going to face one of the teams that's, if we were playing for promotion relegation, would have been up there in the promotion hunt in Western Knights. They're very strong, very stable, been together for a long time now, Uh, got a really good coach. Um, All the pundits have got you down for a battering. Uh, You see it that way? Look, um, I don't know if any of the pundits have been down to Francis Street, but on a good day, I reckon we could hold Man City to a nil all draw down there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, look. I suppose the thing is, if you've not been exposed to Francis Street, it's a very, very different environment. Um, the pitch itself is um, claustrophobic. Um, yeah, yeah, if you if you play a high line, it's it's very difficult, and then you ball over the top as the keepers. So, um, yeah, I think a thirty-yard ball on Nashfield would be a, a nice little through ball. Uh, on our pitch, it's either in the goalkeeper's hand or it's, or it's out for a, a goal kick. Yeah. So have you had a look at Knights at all? Have you you know what they're, they're about or who they've got playing for them? Yeah, definitely. Look, I, you know, obviously my relationship with John O'Reilly, he's, he played him a few weeks ago, so he's given me a few uh, a few tips. So hopefully uh, he's given me some good stuff. And if he, if he doesn't, I'll blame him for the loss. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a win-win situation. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, do you have much involvement with the the juniors down there? Yeah, I do the mini ruse on a on a Sunday. Yep. So I think that's from the four to six year olds, and then I was I hang around and watch the other games as well. But uh, I was down there last Sunday, and uh, the, the numbers were good. I think we had about twenty four, twenty five mini ruse, um, and we've got a good junior base from that age group all up to under fourteen. Okay, and then then fifteens and sixteens, it it drops off, or yeah, it drops off. We don't have a fifteens or a sixteens. Is there any particular really. reason for that? Is that something you think everyone's struggling to get that age group involved? Because right. of... I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I'd be lying to you if I told you anything. All I don't right. know why we haven't got the fifteens or sixteens, and I've only been down there for three or four weeks, and I'm not too sure how the clubs are traveling with those that age group. All right. And I don't know, just I was interested because I was talking to Pete earlier on about um, eights and nines where a, a coach has been sacked because he's not winning enough games. Um, I imagine that's not how you do things at Swan. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> what age group was that, eight to nines? Yeah. Oh, it's all about having a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. It's about and learning the basics of the game, yeah. And learning to love the game. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think when I was at age, I was just hanging out for the oranges. The <laughs> uh, no, I can remember you at that age. You you were moaning because you'd won a game ten one or something, and your mate scored the winner, um, <laughs> and you'd you'd scored yeah, the others. Does. But yeah, that's yeah, how it, does, it was. It does sound like me. Yeah, it does. Um, so you you were how did you end up being the coach? Because I, I think you've been in and around the committee for a while. Um, I think you know with your family and, and your business, you've not been really time plentiful. So how do you, how do you manage to a agree to be the coach and then b how do you manage to fit it all in? Oh, I've got an understanding why. That's how I fit that in. Yeah. <laughs> but time constraints, time constraints are, are hard. Um, look, Anthony called me oh, three and a half weeks ago. He said, "Look, can you can you coach come down and coach the first team?" And I said, "I, I said no to him at the start." Um, and then he called me that three or four days later and said, um, "Would you be able to do it with with Paul and do a partnership with him?" Um, he had very he had very similar time constraints with me. So, and with uh, Anthony, he was sounding pretty desperate on the phone. So I said yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now I've just got to make the time to make it work. And, you know, I didn't want to leave the club high and dry either. If uh, they're phoning me, that you know, they really want someone down there and someone they can trust and yeah, and, and be honest with them as well. And I think that's the, the, the real strength of Swan has been the consistency of people behind them. You know, Con, former president, um, is a person that, you know, is down there in his own time with your trailer doing bits and pieces for the club. You, you've got Penny who's been involved for, forever um, and the entire... Oh, what's going on there? That sounds a bit weird. Are you still there? Oh, I think we might have lost young Ben there. I don't know what happened there. He's just mellowed out. <laughs> we both looked at each other thinking it was our phone. Someone yeah, I just give you daggers because I thought it was your phone. <laughs> um, no, look, uh, Swan down there, a really good club have been through some tough times have been yeah. in some really good times you know they, they were in the premier league um and got relegated yeah. and yeah. now found themselves in the second division didn't stay there very long as, as mentioned absolute heroics you know um four nil over morley windmills uh in the in the relegation playoff or sorry the promotion playoff uh four nil in the first leg and then yeah yeah i'll put you back on yep are we we're getting him back on all right yeah yeah okay yeah, like you said, absolute heroics. Yeah. Um, were you were you just having a bit of a chill there, Ben? Where did I lose you? Because I, I think I went on a, a little tangent then. <laughs> oh, okay. No, we we're just talking about the strength of the, of um, Swan being the the whole family approach that. Once people are in, they seem to be in for life. It's like the Hotel <laughs> California. You you can check out, but you can never leave. No, you can't. As I was saying before, it's the you know we've got you know I think we've got two or three ex presidents on the committee and. Uh, everyone chips in, and there's nothing too hard for for that group of volunteers for sure. I've been through some tough times in the last ten or fifteen years with uh, relegation from the Premier League, so and they all still managed to to stick on. We've got guys there that have their kids aren't even playing at the club anymore, and they're still sticking around. So yeah, once you're in, you you, you get stuck there. Yeah, no. Look, and we were just saying that, and you've you've got uh, former players as well that are involved, um, and there's just a really good vibe down there at Francis Street. And, and the, you know, the pitch is is one of the things that will be up against Western Knights. The other thing will be your, your band of loyal supporters. Oh, definitely. They'll, uh, they'll all be down there. It's like a little cauldron down yeah. there when you're playing down the right-hand wing and you're heading towards <laughs> the uh, the Woggle. 
Yeah, there's been a couple of coaches fallen foul of that. So, you know, over the years and, and particularly in playoffs. So uh, the the level of banter at Francis Street because of the, the proximity is, is, is pretty high. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I didn't like playing there when I was uh, when I was playing either. So, but I do <laughs> like to play there now. Yeah, no, I remember you playing there as a sixteen-year-old. So you know, it's when they're in the, the Premier League. Um, so you, your plans for this afternoon is to to get a draw. Or you you're hoping to sneak a win against Western Knights because, uh, as I said, one of the, the things I'd be posting up on the dressing room wall would be the um, the prediction that you're going to get done four 0 Yeah, I think. Uh, We'll see how the game goes. I won't release any uh, tactics on radio, but no. uh, look, we're always trying to win a game. The boys are there. They're, they're there to win, you know, so um, and we've got a good bunch of blokes and they're always chatting. They're always talking about the negatives and the positives and, you know, they, they really want to win together. So, and that's what you need uh, in, in your first team. They, mm. They're hungry to get results. They're hungry to prove people wrong as well. So, yeah. you know, there's a chance of being the underdog uh, slogan sometimes, you know, it can get to you, but sometimes it can drive drive you as well. Absolutely, and I think you know um, you've got a good blend of youth and experience. It may not be on paper um, a quality squad, but you know there's, there's a lot of heart in those young swans. Oh, definitely, definitely is. So yeah, if you want to see a good game today, a bit of battle, head down to head down to Francis Street. Absolutely. All right, Ben. Best of luck for the for the season. I'm sure we'll talk to you or Paul um, later on and touch base and see how you're going. Um, but yeah, as you said, this afternoon, if anyone is a neutral down in the Midland area, get yourself down to Francis Street. There's always a, a good reception, a good crowd, and uh, some good football in the park. So enjoy. Yep. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Ben. Okay, that's Ben Kelly, um, Swan, and uh, obviously. Looking forward to the the games. There's some other Season good fixtures up. around the state today. So we we've got the NPL. We do well if we go over to the oh. NPL. I thought we'd do the first division. Do the first division first. No, no, put the state league above them. Yeah. That's it, mate. No, you be brave. Right. Ash, Ashfield, Ashfield. You you guys are hosting uh, Joondalup United. Yes, we are. Yes. So, uh, Forestfield United at home to UWA Nedlands. Fremantle City hosting Subiaco AFC. Mandurah travelling to Kingsway Olympic. Sterling Lions at home against Quinns FC, and as we said, uh, Swan hosting Western Knights. Yeah, and a lot of pent up anxiety around the state as an eight month um, pre season comes to a close, and lots of teams have changed their their strategies or changed the ways they're, they're going to play. And as in the case of Swan, changed coaches. Yeah. So collective sigh of relief around the uh, around the state at three o'clock this afternoon as as the whistle blows and the. Oh, and I the think games the, kick I off. think the collective sigh started about five minutes ago when the 18s <laughs> kicked off. You know the, the that's the that we you know, people forget about the 18s, yeah. but the, that's where it starts on a Saturday morning. I know a lot of people think I oh, just turn up at three watch the first team. Mm. For us club people, yeah. it's it starts at, at ten o'clock when we start getting the players in for the for the eighteens, and you know the the pitches are looking schmicko. Then you know, yeah, yeah. three o'clock is when Eddie Dundo goes out. Oh, sorry, Lenny Dundo goes out onto the pitch with his scissors and tries to get in the way of their opposition players. But you know, <laughs> um, no, look, it's good. It's it's great to get back. He's back into the banter, back into the whole thing. I think it's going to be a very different league. Um, I'd like to see some teams becoming brave and just blooding some youngsters. Yeah, absolutely. As as you say, if it's almost a practice practice season, why not? Well, the thing is, it, it doesn't matter whether you you're winning or losing. It's a season without consequence. And we talk about the under eights, and you know, the coach getting tipped because he, he hasn't won enough games. Um, <laughs> Sorry, how many games into the season was that? Two, two games. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you know, look, we've we've gone 
quite young at Ashfield and, and our coach's mandate is to to develop kids. It's not to, to win the games. It's not to, to be at the top of the, the pile at the end of this season in particular. Yeah. Um, it was to develop kids. Up until then, until COVID kicked in, it was, you know, to have a team that was, that was competitive and able to compete without getting relegated. But, the, you know, this year, that's gone, and yep. and we can just go right. There we go. We've got a kid who's who's looking like he can make the grade. Let's throw him into the cauldron and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. and and hopefully we, we we forge him into a bit of steel, and that's it. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I think the kids are just loving the the opportunity. You know, yeah, to, to get a run, play with the big boys. Absolutely. I mean, like I've seen it happen before. Kids, um, you know get to play. There's been some wonderful kids gone through the Premier League. You know, I remember Joe Cole was a 15-year-old playing for West Ham. Mm. Um, you know, Michael Owen was, what, 18. Um, there's lots of kids that have gone through those ages and, and performed. Yeah, well, as, as you said earlier, you know, if you're, old en- if you're good enough, you're old enough, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Joe Cole wasn't a monster. He was, you know, a lightly built lad, but he had the, the skills to evade the hard tackles and, and the guile to make the ball do what he needed it to do. So that's all you need. Absolutely. Yeah, so it be interesting. All right, we're going to go to some messages very shortly once I've loaded them up and um, <laughs> we're going to talk to um, Dave Cunningham. Now, Dave is the, a guy who's been through some, some terrible things. He survived the... Um, the Hillsborough disaster, um, and you know his beloved club Liverpool have won the league. Yep. Um, obviously, uh, he lives in Fremantle now, so he's a local. Um, be great just to touch base with him and to see how he's coped throughout this time. Um, I think it was 2017, the last time I spoke with him. Um, I think we had him in the studio, didn't we? We did. We had him in the studio. Yeah, he's a terrific bloke, um, and he's you know he's 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 a survivor. Yeah. So it'd be great to to see how he's fared after all this as well. So we're back after these. Do you want better strata management? Put Prosperity Strata Management at the top of your list. We provide a flat competitive fee with no extra or hidden charges. We provide value for money repairs with contractor prices reviewed regularly. And we provide prompt professional service with 30 years experience, which is why our clients recommend us. Your property is our concern. See prosperitystratamanagement.com.au Station Sponsor. Hi, I'm Rose, a junior trainee at Oswest Fencing and Rotiron. I am the fourth generation of our family business. Oswest Fencing is built on 50 years of experience, creating unique fencing and gates and servicing the West Australian community. Let us help you secure and refurbish your home or business with customised materials and automation made to laugh. Ring us on 9258 6822 to discuss your ideas or visit our online galleries at auswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Station Sponsor Under a scorching June sun in the French coastal town of Marseille, two Algerian immigrants awaited the birth of their fifth child. Later that day, a star was born. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Call it soccer, call it football. Myself, Peter Skeeler, Penny Tanner, Sean Kelly, Don Evans and Derek Pollock 
are the voices in your world football team, sharing the news across WA, Australia and the world for the one and only world game, the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Okay, Pete, now we, we mentioned the, the State Division 1, so now we've got the MPL so that um, kicked the MPL. off last night. Yeah, so kicked off last night, as you say, with a one-all draw between Bayswater City and Perth, and the games this afternoon, or this morning, if you want to start from 11am, yeah. yeah. uh, Gwillop Croatia at home to Inglewood United, Rockingham City hosting Sorrento, Armadale travelling to Florida Athena, ECU Joondalup at home against Coburn City, and Balcatta hosting Perth Glory. Yeah, some great so, games there. There'll be some interesting fixtures. I think uh, the second start for for Gwellup. Well, that's. I was trying to remember who they had played in the first game. I remember they won five nil. But they played Perth. They uh, played Perth Glory. Perth Glory. Okay, yeah. so maybe they might be feeling a bit robbed about losing that five nil result. Yeah, but then Perth City would uh, Perth SC would actually feel quite good about it because they lost their first game. Yeah, so, exactly. So. You know, um, swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. It's a whole new season. That's what we've got to think about. Brand new season. Yeah, and, and it's all changed. Um, our next guest is uh, can only be classed as a survivor. Uh, Dave Cunningham was at um, Hillsborough on that fateful day thirty-one years ago, um, and fortunately he's still with us. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm very well. How are you today? Yeah, brilliant, mate. It's a fantastic day to be alive and a fantastic day for football. Yes, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a strange week. Uh, um, I can't. I'm still t- trying to digest what's happened in the in the last seven days. It's been such a long, tumultuous thirty-one years, to say the least. So it's really. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite surreal, to be honest. It would be. I mean, people talk about 30 years ago uh, being the last time that Liverpool won the title. They won it in the 89-90 season. Um, and for, for most people who are not involved or, you know, outside of the, the bubble, go, you know, great, fantastic. You know, it was a brilliant year for them 30 years ago. You were still very much recovering from that fateful day at Hillsborough. And I, I'm just wondering how... That, that victory 30 years ago um, felt to you as a fan then? Because obviously you, you've just been through some, some absolutely horrendous stuff. You make, you make a really good point there, and it's one that often is missed by a lot of people. Um, I, I, I'd i stopped playing in, uh, going the game really after Hillsborough. Um, and one of my friends asked me to join his soccer team and carry on where I left off at school. And I was playing most Saturdays, but when I could go to the game midweek, I would go. Um, and I was lucky enough to be at Anfield when we won the league. Uh, but I didn't. The enjoyment had gone. You know, the, even though I, I felt safe, there was a real sense of apprehension of being amongst thirty thousand people standing up. Mm. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, the enjoyment had gone from actually being there or, or, or certainly there was a level of enjoyment but it was nowhere near the level that once was no uh, you know you're looking you're looking for the exits you're looking to be safe you don't feel comfortable in that space anymore um yeah and and but i still in you know i i've still got good memories of of uh of being there and winning the league yeah i'm amazed you had the courage to walk back into it you know um Part of, part of my enjoyment of the game, and particularly locally in, in the shed, but also back in the old Anne Boleyn Stadium uh, for West Ham, is that 
that surge, you know, when things happen, the, the crowd moves you and it's all part of the, the pageantry and the passion and all the things that you feel. And, and for me, it, you know, I get a, a euphoric feeling for you. Uh, you were, you had just been driven to fear because obviously your experiences were very, very different. Yeah. And it's, you did right. It's, it, it kind of lingers that, that sense of apprehension. Um, you, you, even you know, you could go to see a concert. Yeah, you, you're there, but in the back of back of your mind, you're still terrified. You're not enjoying it. You're not concentrating as much. You know, you can't give yourself as much to the event that you used to. There's there's a sense of uh, foreboding, um, but still, you know, as I say, you, you, you try and overcome it. it. It wasn't easy going back to Anfield on a on a regular basis. Um, and I, 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 after, I think after the 90 season, I kind of tried to play soccer more often. And uh, even though I had a, a back, an ongoing back problem because of Hillsborough and I was out, I was used to get injured quite a bit because of it. I still didn't go to Anfield as much as I used to. Luckily, that con- coincided with Liverpool being a pretty average team. <laughs> so there, I really wasn't that bothered anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a few mates that say they've never been average, but there you go. Um, so I suppose the thing is, um, we, we talk about the, the, the COVID crisis now and, and what's been happening the last three months. I mean, this state's done incredibly well. Um, how have you coped throughout the COVID crisis? Have you been impacted? or? Um, yeah, I, I, um, I've managed to, I mean, I think last time I spoke to you, I told you I wasn't working and I was having problems yeah. um, because of my PTSD finding employment and luckily I'm with a, a, a great employment agency you know based in Subiaco called Edge Employment Solutions yeah. um, and, and they're, they're working proactively for me but I've also been picking up a little bit of work um, through a friend who's got his own gin distillery in, in O'Connor oh yeah wandering dis- it's called a wandering distillery and he he, he he makes the best gin you've ever had in the world um, and he, he's been giving me some work occasionally uh, but obviously that's tailed off because of the uh COVID-19 crisis and um, hopefully when things pick up again I'll, I'll be back there so um, otherwise yeah it's been tough you know my wife obviously was working from home my boy was work- was was here so we were homeschooling uh, unfortunately my dog had cancer and we were we were nursing her as well so yeah it was a, it was a it was tough for a lot of people but certainly from a selfish perspective it was it was it was it was horrendous for us yeah, but the, I mean, the, those experiences are all tied together. And when you look at it, you know, we, we talked about your Hillsborough experience and how that's affected you. Um, I've seen some stuff around the Spanish flu when that went through back in 1819, no, And the experiences people had were very similar to you about being in large crowds and about um, – the reticence to engage in in public meetings and things like that because of the risk of transmission. So the, the two things are are not too dissimilar. Um, I think we've been extremely fortunate in this state, and I think you know when you go out to the shops, it it doesn't seem like people have been that impacted by it. But mm. then we we haven't had the same experience as the rest of the world. Yeah, I I, I um we, we we stuck strictly by other lockdown rules and regulations. We. We minimised our contact with anyone, so yeah, that that was challenging. Um, but at the same time, having have, we were safe in a, in a in a decent house with a small garden, you know, it's still quite claustrophobic. And 
I, I, yeah, getting out there. I almost felt guilty about being outside, you know, yeah. like, a, like mm. a lot of other people. So we were trying to do the right thing, but at the same time, you, you do need to. Uh, our species is social, and we do need to be outside and breathe the air. And it, yeah, it's it's been challenging, but the the uh, I think the premier's done a magnificent job in in, in how he's handled it. And, uh, and I think most people should, should pat themselves on the back because we've we've. Uh, We've behaved ourselves well, I think. Yes, uh, we certainly have. And I think if you, you had to pick somewhere on the planet to be isolated um, for that time, WA is certainly one of the, the best places to pick. And I couldn't think of a better place than Fremantle and a nice little house <laughs> there would be uh, ideal, really. So, you know, it's we, we've got so much to be grateful for. Yeah, we have. And uh, when I speak to my friends back in, in, in Liverpool, my family and friends in Liverpool, they... It's 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 a difficult circumstance. I mean, yeah. obviously, you've got a much bigger population in a, in a much smaller, tighter environment. It's it's hard um, for them, harder, I would argue. Absolutely. Um, we were we were over in, in in we were in Europe in in January, and uh, we were lucky enough to go and see Liverpool against Manchester United um, when we beat them two nil. Yeah. And the COVID thing was around then, but we weren't entirely sure how it would impact. Um, but yeah, we we um, we were aware of just how how it could affect the UK in terms of the close proximity of of everyone to everything, and we were we were looking forward to getting back to uh, WA in a hurry, and, and <laughs> we, we did we did. Thankfully, we didn't bring anything back with us. No. But um, yeah, so it was uh, it's ongoing there, which is which is quite scary. When you came back, did you need to be isolated, or was that before that kicked in? No, we, we, we that was before it kicked in, but mm. we um we kept my little boy off school for an extra um two days, which so yeah. that basically meant he'd been home for two weeks. Yeah. And uh yeah, we, we were all clear. We we we, we, we weren't um we were isolated. we were kind of isolating as yeah. much as we could, but we, we didn't have any symptoms anyway. No, I'd plan to go back and see the family in May and all of my stuff was just completely destroyed, so we, yeah. we didn't go anywhere. Um, now, it would be fair to say then that, that back in 89, 90, you, you really didn't enjoy the the, the win or the uh, – you enjoyed it, but, yeah, it was, it was a flat kind of joy. Yeah, it was. It was Look, it was it was great in that we – you know, we'd, the previous year we'd lost against Arsenal last game of the yeah. season, which I, which I was at. And uh, so there was a, a state. We were kind of still in a state of disbelief. Um, so it was only right that we won the league the following year uh, in the way we did. But as, I, as you rightly say, I, I I'd lost enjoyment for everything. To be quite yeah. honest, mm-hmm. it was uh, there was just a darkness that I, and, and I, that I hadn't. I could see, but I couldn't really put a finger on what it was. Yeah, and I think the terms the early stages of PTSD and. Yeah, it was. It was, um, and that that's lingered for it. That's still today. You know, I, I, even when I went to Anfield in January, I'm still scared. Yeah. I'm still not comfortable about being in those crowds. And uh, even though we've been given seats in a specific place, which was, uh, you know, I knew it was, I knew how to get out quickly. And I shouldn't be thinking about these things. I should be enjoying the game. Yeah. As much as I did enjoy the game, there was an element of fear, which, which unfortunately, I'll. I'll have to carry all the time, but uh, I imagine that yeah, as time goes by, you, you you're getting better at managing it. Or 
if you when it, you get those feelings that you have developed counters so you don't feel as stressed and you know it's it really is about knowing what's going on and, and as you said i'm in a seat in a safe place um i've not yeah. got that fence in front of me i've not got a huge crowd surging in behind me there's so you start to become more rational about it but it's, it's never going going to stop really is it well you're right you hit the nail on the head if i feel as though it's a safe environment even if it is even if there is a lot of people, I, I'm obviously a bit. I'm relieved, and I can I can cope with it a bit better. I mean, when I went to watch Liverpool against Real Madrid at Crown Casino, it was it was so badly organised. It was there was no way in, no way out. There was too many people in there. Uh, it was it was just scary. It was really horrible. Uh, I watched a couple so of England all... games in there. I know exactly how scary it gets, and I've not been through what you've been through. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and well, I, I, you know, I, you kind of get a sense of when I, I, I try not to put myself into a, a situation that will trigger any any response. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I was un, I was unprepared for what happened at Crown Casino, and uh, I certainly won't be doing that again. Yeah, no, I mean, on a professional basis, I, I deal with emergency management and I'm I'm standing there thinking, you know, the the worst case scenario is if this happens, what do we do now? And I'm, I'm, I, I have an insight into how you feel, but I don't have your history. So, you know, I get it com- completely. Um, so now this year, um, obviously, there was um, 20 points ahead going well i think the next game was man city and if you'd have won that you were almost guaranteed and then three months wait so yeah. did, did that three months wait um take take away from the the enjoyment or did that just make the anticipation of it even greater oh i'd be lying if i said it didn't take anything away it, it was really uh the momentum had gone yeah. i mean there were bigger yeah. things happening in the world um so yeah as much as i, I I'd like to say, no, no, the the adrenaline was still there. and No, it had gone. I mean, I didn't expect the season to restart, to, to be brutally honest. Yeah. But um, when it did, it's been difficult to pick up where I left off. And yeah. I feel bad about saying that, you know. It, it's, but that's the way I feel. Mm. I mean, obviously, I'm elated that we've, 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 won the, we've won the league. Obviously, I'd rather be talking to you after a, a 4-0 win against Manchester City <laughs> than a 4-0, 4-0 loss. <laughs> yeah. But um, but maybe they've got a little hangover. I don't know. Look, we, we've the hard yards have been put in. Yeah. They, they thoroughly deserve all of the accolades. They've broken all the records. They potentially could win win more points than anyone else. It's been a long wait. They've they've worked hard, and, and as a collective, it's it, it they've got it all right yeah. on every yeah. level. So. It's. Uh, I think we're, we're, in retrospect, we can we can already look back and, and, and say how good they were. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, as I said, going in January and physically seeing them was a it was was an absolutely amazing experience. I've got, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad for my son that he saw that team win as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was. It, it did take something away. But um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that when, when they get the trophy, it'll be all be ignited again. Well, I'm just wondering what it means for the city itself. You know, when you think that they've always, when teams win the league, there's the big double decker bus going through yeah. seas and seas of people. Obviously, that's not going to be the the scene, is it? No, I mean before every Liverpool game, and and this wasn't the, the fact when I when I lived in in Liverpool. Uh, it's only a relatively new phenomenon. The crowds all around Anfield Road with it. Where the uh, the coach comes in, 
there's thousands of people waiting with flares and flags and singing. Mm. That no, that was never the case. Yeah. Uh, but now it's now now it's just a done thing. It's what what we accept. And yeah, they, they, if that's anything to go by, then certainly a parade with the Premier League trophy would be off the scale. Um, it. I mean, the the, the scenes at uh, in Madrid last year. If, if you go by them, you you could get a sense of just how enormous it is for those people because it's it's skipped yeah. you know a generation or two arguably so yeah it's this is all brand new to a lot of people whereas obviously we we, we were a bit blase about it um <laughs> i'd love to be there when they get the troll people under the circumstances i don't know how that's going to work whether yeah. it's going to be behind the scenes or yeah i don't know when this 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 covid pandemic uh stuff's going to kind of ease down oh, I, will um, look- I don't it will yeah. yeah, I, I guess one of the things also that could have stolen a bit of the momentum from it was not just that the the league paused, but at the start of it, you didn't know when it was going to resume. You know, had had you known, had had everyone known in advance, right? We're going to pause the EPL for two months or however long it was, and then you know it's going to come back. But you know, if we if we cast our minds back, we sort of no one knew what was going on. It was like, well, the league stopped. We don't know when it's coming back. I think that probably also had a bigger impact than had we known in advance. You know that it would be yeah, definitely that's, that's coming back. Yeah, they didn't know if the league yeah. was even coming back, what was going to happen. Um, so that's probably also yeah, stolen there, a bit more of the impact. Yeah, you're you're dead right. Uh, there was a lot of rumours going around about what was uh, going to happen and uh, potentially, and obviously, all those people supporting Everton and, and Manchester United were on the side of cancelling the league and, <laughs> and forgetting all the results. Yeah, don't, but, don't forget um, West Ham. Not, we we also had a vested interest in not having played. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, look, I, I I think you're right. I think had they said, look, we'll we'll restart it in four months if the conditions are right. Yeah. But they couldn't do that because yeah. it was it was ever changing. So, look, I did, I personally I, I I didn't think they would restart it. And had they said, look, it's it's the season's going to be wiped, I could understand that too. Yeah. But obviously, um, there was a lot. Of, there's a lot of money involved. I'm, I'm glad they did because there would forever be a question mark over whether you really earned it. And even though you're yeah. that far ahead, it would always be, be put on you. Now you've gone out there, you've won it in your own right, albeit Chelsea doing it for you. But, um, <laughs> you know, and it would have been a different story. If you had been presented with the, the winner's trophy before playing Man City, maybe that game would have been completely different. But I think once you've, you know, that's been your aim for the season – you get that given to you, job done. You know, I, could, I don't blame the players for that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, look, take no, nothing away from City. They're an absolutely magnificent football oh, yeah. team. Mm. Um, and uh, why why Liverpool didn't perform on the day, I mean, you know, we could argue about it for a long time. But yeah. I think um, I, so, watched, I, I watched, someone said to me, watch the first 20 minutes, then turn it off. So that's what I did. <laughs> to, to, quote Jimmy, to quote Jimmy Greaves, it's a funny old game. It is. It is. And, and I can't believe that those players who took Crystal Palace apart last week could, yeah. could maybe perform so, some of them could perform so poorly. Yeah. You, can't, you can't expect every single player, even no. at that I suppose, elated level to perform as a 10 out of 10 every week, I suppose. One of the things for me through COVID has been the opportunity to go back and reminisce about games that you've been to and and games you've seen. And and obviously for you, that's not the best thing in the world. But for me, um, I I was drawn back to a night in... uh, in uh, January 1979, where my home team, Southend United, played um, Liverpool in the third round of the FA Cup. 
And yep. um, I found the video for it, which was <laughs> brilliant. And I, and I loved watching the video. But then I went through the team sheet for the day. And the team sheet for the day is just phenomenal. When when you went through it, you know, you, you had Ray Clements in goal. You had Phil Neal in the back line. Um, Kenny Dalgleish was a player back then. Um, who else do we have? Uh, Emmeline Hughes, Ray Kennedy, Alan Hansen, Jimmy Case, David Fairclough and Terry McDermott and Dave, and um, Graham Souness. I mean, that was that 70s side was the all-conquering side through Europe. Um, you know, there's some legends in that team and it's just, uh, you know, a privilege for me to actually watch those guys play on that day in person. Yeah, I, I, I was lucky to see that team on a regular basis and, I can't imagine um, playing in South End in a January on that pitch <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I think I've seen the pictures. I think yeah. I remember seeing the pictures. I can't imagine it would have been easy for Liverpool. I think South End would have kicked them off the pitch. Yeah, they but, did. You know, <laughs> yeah, really got the like. I'm sure Sunes gave some back Oh, he he, cer- <laughs> he certainly did. Uh, look, it was an interesting South End side as well because they had a bloke playing for them by the name of Tony Hadley, and that must have been before he joined Spandau Ballet. But you know, it was a, <laughs> it was, it was a long time ago. Look, um, maybe he was better with was he better with Spandau Ballet <laughs> or, or South End? I think so. Look, it's been great to have you on. Great to hear that you, you're going so well. Um, if anybody who is in touch with us um, has something, you can can do in the way of labour. I believe you're, you're not fussy about what you do. You just like a job, then please contact us and, and we'll put you in contact with them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Oh, no, and, look, uh, and don't forget to try Wandering Distillery sometime. It's uh, best gin in the world, I'm telling you. Absolutely. Look, great to hear you. Great to hear you're doing so well and the family's doing so well. Look after yourself, mate. Uh, look, thanks for finding the time to speak to me. I really appreciate it. And no worries. Uh, good luck with everything. Take thanks, care, mate. guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Dave. See you. Okay, so yeah, look, uh, just a terrific all-round guy, Dave Cunningham, survivor of Hillsborough, and if anyone has got a job for someone who deserves a, a go, then please get in contact with us, and I'll put you in contact with Dave, um, just a genuine nice guy. Yep. 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 All righty. Um, second, second division, division. yes. Second division, all right. So also kicking off today, we've got the, uh, the State League second division, and we're going to have Wanneroo City travelling to Kingsley Westside, Joondalup City at home against Balga. Murdoch University, Melville, hosting Curtin University. I don't know if that counts as a uni derby. <laughs> Must do. Yeah. Um, well, UWA Nedlands aren't oh, in that well, division. Proper so. exam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Caramar, Shamrock Rovers, they appear to have changed their name over They have. There's there's a, a, that's yeah. the um, Shamrock Rovers and Caramar have, have combined, right, yeah, yep. merged. So uh, they're, they're hosting Dinella White Eagles, Gosnell City at home against Canning City, and Kelmscott Roos travelling to Morley Windmills. Uh, some good games there as yeah. well. The second division improving every year, and I think that's the whole point of it. So, yeah, uh, yeah good luck to all involved. All right, we're going to go to a break, and we'll be back with Greg Farrell from West Coast Futsal. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Ausfest Fencing and Rotiron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au. Please don't fence me in. 
West Coast Futsal Association has social competitions at Hollywood Futsal Club in West Perth and the Mount Lawley Futsal Club. Competitions are open for new players looking for a kick around with mates from Monday to Friday. For those looking at higher level futsal, there is the Junior Leagues in Karanjak on weekends and the Male and Female Super League competitions based in Subiaco. For more information, contact Brittany on 0481 881343. Now, as I said, we had um, the women's MPL kickoff last night, um, so hopefully that was all good. It was a two-all draw between Curtin Uni and Hyundai NTC. Look, We've actually hit- managed to find a result. Well done, mate. History in the making, um, and that's you know going to be carried on today with some other fixtures around the state in the women's MPL. Yeah, so coming up, uh, so all these games are going to be on Sunday, the next three. Uh, Dorian Gardens, 1 p.m., Perth SC is hosting Fremantle City. Uh, 3 o'clock at Kingsway Reserve, Northern Redbacks are at home against Subiaco AFC. And also at 3 o'clock on Sunday at Murdoch Uni Synthetic Pitch A, Mum FC is hosting Balcatta. So yep. that'll round out the uh, round one from the women's NPL. Absolutely, and a history-making round one that will be. Um, one of the guys will actually be involved in, in one of those games joins us now, um, which is Greg Farrell from West Coast Futsal. Greg, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Um, looking forward to tomorrow's game for the for the ladies. Yeah, certainly. I was. Um, we had the the first first fixtures for the the Super League last night, um, and I went from there down to the uh, the outdoor game down at Curtin Uni, and it was a it was a really good spectacle. Um, Curtin did a good job. The the field looked good. The the cheerleaders at halftime were a, a different uh, advertisement, but it was um, it was a, a good atmosphere. It, it added something different, and certainly um, a good. new a new era in women's football for for WA. Certainly, look, good on Curtin for, for trying something new. I, I yeah. know they're, they're trying to make it uh, more like the college feel in or university feel over in America. So, you know, anything that brings diversity to the game is brilliant in my book. Oh, certainly, and that's like, like I said, the, the the cheerleading group were were quite good. The the things that they were doing were certainly not many people at the ground would have been able to do those things. So <laughs> it, it provided a different type of entertainment and something that not many crowds in Australia would have ever seen. So no. it's um kind of unique to what they can offer. Um, and and like I said, the the game itself was was really really good too, um, especially given post coronavirus the the amount of training and preseason people have had wouldn't have stacked up to what it would have been like. No, three I, or four months ago it was a it was a good spectacle. We considered the same at my club, but you know, fifty and sixty year old men with beer bellies that <laughs> didn't really seem to cut the grade for a cheer squad, so we canned it. Um, <laughs> Uh, just hold on to the possibility because yeah. you, know, you never know what any what some people will like. No, you never <laughs> never rule anything out. But uh, I suppose, look, for yeah. you, what, what a fantastic week it's been um, with the COVID restrictions rolling back now. West Coast Futsal are back on 
in full swing. You, as you said, your Super League has started last night. You've got um, adverts out now for players, so you, you're looking for players to get involved for your shortened season. So, you know, it's it's going full-on gangbusters again. It must be great just to be back in there and, and doing what you're meant to do. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, we we the, the social competitions at Mount Lawley at Nedlands um, are all back up and running as well. So it's <laughs> the la- last two or three weeks has been two or three of the biggest weeks of of my working life. I, I didn't realise how much you get used to the the sedentary lifestyle that happened <laughs> with COVID, and then the, the shock to the system that it was wor- working eight, nine, ten, even up to 12-hour days sometimes. Yeah. It's a bit, a bit of a shock to the system. I slept very, very well last night. <laughs> well, it's been a bit like that with the club because uh, as you know, we think about the, the return to football has been so quick that you know, there's been a lot of admin stuff that we've, we've kept in abeyance because we didn't know whether <laughs> we were going back or not, registering players and all those sorts of things that you know, I talked earlier about it so I won't go on, but there's, there's so much to do in the background and people underestimate that. Yeah, well, I I will admit to probably not having paid as much attention to the uh, online match sheets and the sports TG registrations and yeah. stuff as I could have. And then um, I spent a little bit of time yesterday going through it all and ma- making sure we were all good for Redbacks. And it's not complicated, but it's not simple. No. Um, mm. And there's like the... the there's, there's lots of steps rather than it being really, really complex. It's just a process. Um, yeah. So I, I certainly have a more of appreciation now for the people who do that stuff in the background day in, day out. Um, and our, like our club registrar, Michelle Anderson's done a, a, an amazing job with the, the Redbacks players, mm. um, <laughs> ensuring everyone's good to go. Absolutely. But certainly don't want to have any issues on, on game day. No, I don't think everyone struggled with it. I think, you know, um, it, it's been a little rushed in its implementation. It's not overly user-friendly, but it's not user-unfriendly either. If you're tech-savvy, it's, it's easy enough to navigate, but getting that across to people who aren't is also a problem. So we've had to educate yeah. team managers and, you know, let go of some of that responsibility, and then you find that they're not coping, so you've got to then rest it back and, and get it right. So it's not... You know, as you said, it's not rocket science, but it's it's something new, and like anything new, it takes some bedding in. Yeah, definitely, and and but like you said, it, it's not necessarily not not necessary to be overly tech savvy. Mm-hmm. So once you do spend a little bit of time putting the effort in, you you're going to be all right if you know your way around the computer even a little bit. Yeah. So uh, West Coast Futsal Superliga, you've got vacancies for teams and players. Yeah, well, so for for the social futsal, most definitely, um, we are, we're running a, a social women's competition on Wednesday nights in Mount Lawley, which we're definitely looking for teams for. Um, the all of the social leagues have got one or two or three spaces available Monday to, to Friday nights. Um, the Super League seasons are now up and running for the winter, um, so there's no no spaces there, but. We are going to be starting the summer season um, at our normal time in in early September. So this this season is going to be very short. Um, just get everyone back and playing. Um, 
have the the shortened winter season um, and then get into the summer season as it's supposed to be 20, 25 weeks worth of competition. Absolutely. Um, so the the contact details for anyone that's out there is looking to get involved in the indoor game. Uh, so everything is up on like the, there's loads of places on the, the West Coast Futsal website, on the the Futsal Superliga website, um, on West Coast Futsal or the the Superliga Facebook pages, Instagram. Um, yeah, it's pretty much saturated on any sort of social media and and website that you and can find the contact details. It's certainly on ours as well because um, obviously we appreciate your support and you know. We we need to be pushing that out there for you as well. Yeah. Yes, and, and yep. most definitely vice versa. We certainly appreciate the World Football Program and the uh, I guess the the difficult uh, post COVID situation for a lot of people is um, whether people can commit to to one or two or yep. three different activities in their life. So yeah. yep. the more the more audiences we're able to reach, the better off we are. But, but also, I think, you know, we've got to support people who support football right. um, and the indoor game yeah. is, is just another avenue to do that. Um, and if we don't have these these businesses and we don't have these people playing, then, you know, it's it's not good for anyone. So I think, you know, people have to get back, get engaged and, and get back mm-hmm. to where we were because the sooner we go back to normal, the better. Yeah, certainly. And, I mean, we like West Coast Football Association is a, a not-for-profit association, so it's all about building the game. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, the social futsal helps with the the representative futsal, which helps with the with the Super League and all of all of the interactions in between. Yeah, that nothing nothing can exist in a vacuum. So no. every, everybody relies on each other. We rely on the World Football Program. The the networking and the interactions are unnecessary yeah. and really valuable. Now, the other thing is, have you seen the West Australian this morning? No, I ha- well, actually, I haven't seen the paper itself. Yeah. I've seen a post online uh, with the article about Sam and oh, Hannah look, Lowry. There is a huge picture of Hannah Lowry on the back page, which is fantastic. And then inside, there's, there's a two-page spread on the development of women's football within this state. And obviously, as a Redbacks coach, you've been heavily involved in that and how Football West and you know, the clubs have been developing players. Um, so I think it's a, it's a terrific article. And, and I won't say this too often, but you know, get the West this morning. Um, it's, it's worth the read. Um, you know, I think no, I think it's great. The the, the Dockers and the Eagles are, are really doing a good thing for football at the moment by being absolutely abysmal. And you know, long long may that continue. <laughs> I've, I've actually pulled up their website. I was going to link link it on on yeah. the Facebook page, but again, it's all football, uh, as in AFL. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing the article. I'm not saying I'm sure the the. The or, hard copy does. No, no, but yeah. one good thing about the COVID and what's happened after it is they're rebranding it as awful, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit it. I wouldn't have a clue what any of the recent AFL results have been. Um, I do know that one of the Brisbane Lions' more important players was injured. I think it's Dane Zorko. Um, yeah. that, that's about as involved in the AFL as I'll ever get. It's... Yeah. It's a good game for certain Australian people to enjoy, but not really a... No, no, but if you're looking for a, for a game that, that goes across the entire planet and probably the universe, if we allowed it, um, is football. And, you know, that's I think it's great to see that the 
they've actually realised it. And even better to see that we've got one of our, our up and promising players in Hannah on the back page, loud and proud. And then on the inside, we've we've covered with um, pictures of people training, a small picture of um, of uh, Sam Kerr, and it's just great to see that you know the the impact of the world. Securing the World Cup cannot be underestimated, mm. and it's it's that that's driven that more than more than anything else. Yeah, well, and I think uh, Ange Postecoglou said during the week that we didn't really get enough of a well, there wasn't enough of an impact after the 2006 Men's World Cup or the the 2010 Women's Asian Cup win, the 2015 Asian Cup win. It yeah, didn't have yeah. a big enough effect on on Australian sport and Australian football because it wasn't it wasn't utilised properly. So yeah. hopefully, with the support of, of organisations like the West Australian and the World Football Program and um, like Football West, if everybody's working together, everybody's doing what they can. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, football will be able to use it as a springboard, and especially the women's game. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's already made it's already made impacts because in the last week we've seen two prominent um, Matildas be signed up by signed or, up in England in yeah. England, yeah. and I think you know there's there's a lot more um, momentum in Europe for the women's game, and I think that's going to be the next big growth zone. And it's nice to see that clubs are realising that the Australian players are in the the top you know top tiers of of players at that level at world. At world status, we've got obviously um, the the best woman player um, or the best player to have lived in Australia in Sam Kerr, and I'd, you know I'm loath to use a gender prefix for it, so I just say she she is Australia's best footballer. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we've not had one footballer in the top ten in the world ever, other th- other than Sam Kerr, and I don't think the, the FFA have. Um, pitched off that enough and, and they haven't leveraged off it enough yeah. and the significance of having, you know, the, the greats of the, the men's game in Harry Kuehl, um and Viduka were never, ever considered within the top 10 mm. best players in the planet and Sam's right up there with the best. Yeah. And and we're not oh, making right. most of it. Talk, talking also, I mean, when when you mentioned the, um like, the 2006 World Cup and, and us leveraging off that, certainly I, I feel that from... Since 2005, when we won the playoff against Uruguay, right up until the World Cup in 2006, I feel there was a lot of positivity. Like, you know, yeah. general people were like suddenly following it and going, "Oh, we're at a, a real World Cup, not not one of these ones where there's only a handful of countries." Yeah. Um. But as you say, and that was like globally, the general sorry, not globally, Australia wide, the general population seemed to be following it, whereas. Australia winning the the Asian Cup, for example, I feel that was one again only for the the football, the soccer diehards sort of knew about it. And I think, you know, if I mentioned that in the office to other people, they were like, I didn't even know it was on sort of thing. So mm. I think I think the Women's World Cup will be another one where everyone knows it's on, which hopefully goes all well. Yeah, well, and that's okay. – I think you, you're exactly right about the, the qualification from 2005 and then the World Cup itself. But it, it's more than – like it has to be more than just people knowing that it's on. Yeah. And, yeah. Even, and even – People attending games because it's it's fine for people to like there were loads of people attended the Olympics in two thousand yeah and and went and watched football games but was there enough done to then get those people and those kids playing or coaching or whatever it is 
Mm. Yeah. So um, what's your thoughts on a coach? You've already mentioned Ange. Would you rather see a woman in charge or would you rather see Ange, um, who's never coached females before, um, try his hand or, or do you think it should go to a – if it's going to go to um, a male, it should go to a male who's been coaching women for a while? Uh, as, as a male who has coached female teams a fair bit, I think – it wouldn't be a good idea to give it to someone like Ange specifically for the World Cup because he hasn't got the experience coaching yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think it should go to a female just because they're a female. But I think there's people like Carolina Marais, mm. um, who absolute is, is, quality, is as, as one yeah. of the best coaches in the world, regardless yeah. of gender. Yeah. Um, I think if that was an option, then yeah. Yeah, the SFA would have to be nuts not to not to make the offer and yeah. um, at least see if, if she wants and to his, do it. And his I'm name escapes me, but the gentleman that is an Australian who coaches um, the Arsenal women's team, um, he's also been you know highly involved in the women's game, and it should be the best person for the job, even if it is a man. But you know, I think you know there's. There's messages we're sending out, and I think in some ways um, the, the lady you mentioned is, is by far and away a, a headline for me because she's, she's been there and done it at all levels. Um, yeah, well, and, and I think like long-term and in any given situation, I think female coach, a female coach of the same level as a male coach will coach a female team better than the male, yeah. but this is a World Cup, and it's a World Cup that, the Matildas could win. Yeah. So it, it needs to be the best person for the job, regardless of gender. You, get, you can't go past Alan Stagic, surely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if, if James Johnson wants yeah. to yeah, yeah, no, stuff no. That, that happened two or three years ago to come back around. Yeah. Uh, Joe Montemir, uh, John Joe Montemuro yeah. is That's the, uh, the yeah. Arsenal women's coach. So Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, and I think Joe, I don't think Joe is of the same level of, uh, I guess, standing as someone like Carolina. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Uh, despite the fact that he is Australian, and it would be amazing yeah. to have an Australian, yeah. I think if there is a possibility that you get someone like Carolina Marais, you're in, or who was the other one? I think Jill Ellis. Yeah, but Carolina is also an Australian, and 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 Carolina is an Australian by yeah. citizenship, so. Hey, it works I for me. Either, either her or Jill Ellis. Yeah. Would, yeah. Like if, if, they're, if they're not going for those people, then they shouldn't be running the FFA. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Greg, look, thank you very much for your time, your input. Appreciate your opinions. I um, hope people get signing up for the West Coast Futsal very shortly. Um, it's great to be back. It most certainly is. Thanks, yeah. gents. You have a good day. You too, Greg. Thanks, See Greg. ya. See ya. Bye. Greg Farrell, West Coast Futsal sponsor, but also, more importantly, a good guy and doing the right thing for the sport. Um, so that's about the end of the show for us. We've got Lenny coming in for the jazz show very shortly. Um, it's been another fantastic week. Thanks for you, Pete. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. Yeah, no, it's good it's, to see you. Glad everything's back. And um, my yeah. indoor soccer team came back as well this week, which good. we really looked forward to. I've been hanging out for it. It's not at the... Um, the West Coast Futsal Organisation. All right. so that's all right. Doesn't matter. It takes yeah. all sorts. That's right. Yep. And I, I think the team we played actually cheated. I feel like they practiced and um, trained and kept fit during the the three months off, whereas we just 
sort of. Are they cheated? They were using skill and fitness and all those other yeah, dark and, and arts. The fact yeah, they were half our age. And, yeah, yeah, no, I hate that. It's not fair I hate that sort of cheating. Um, uh, great, great to see you get your geek on earlier on as well, <laughs> young Jake. Um, always good to have you in the studio. Look forward to it uh, next time we're on. Um, Penny's back next week, um, so stay tuned. This has been the World Football Program. I'm Sean Kelly. I'll see you in a fortnight. Ooh. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.